0: Finnovate showcases cutting-edge banking and financial technology through a global conference series featuring short-form demos and thought leadership. Now, the conversation continues on the Finnovate Podcast.
1: Hi, and welcome to the Finnovate Podcast. We are continuing our conversations with Finnovate Falls Best of Show winners. That event obviously took place in September of this year. Joining me today, we have Frida Leibowitz, CEO and co-founder of Debbie. Frida, thanks so much for taking the time.
0: Thank you for having me, Greg. It's good to see you again.
1: Yeah, likewise. So for anybody who hasn't uh, seen your demo, can you give us just a quick introduction of yourself and kind of what Debbie is all about?
0: Sure. So as you mentioned, I am Frida. I'm the co-founder and CEO of Debbie. And our mission with Debbie is to help people break the behavioral cycle of debt for good. And so with Debbie, we are building the first rewards platform for debt payoff that is entirely behavioral driven. We reward people for building up better habits, paying off debt, and eventually making their way to long-term debt freedom.
1: Yeah, no, it's a really cool product and I would encourage anybody to go and take a look at the demo itself. You can find that on our YouTube channel or at Finnovate.com. But um, watching Frida and her partner, Rachel, give the demonstration, I think is well worth your time. Now, before we dive into the technology, which we are going to get into, I know you came into this space kind of on the back of a personal experience that obviously left an impact on you. Can you talk a little bit about that personal experience and how it kind of got you interested in this space?
0: Sure. So, uh, you know, fortunately and unfortunately, the debt problem has been something that was uh, near and dear to my heart for a very long time. Um, And that's because I pretty much experienced that ever since I could remember myself. I grew up in a family that was immigrant, single parent. My mom never went to college. She was financially illiterate because she really didn't have the resources. And so when we we had just moved to the U.S., showed up in Brooklyn, New York, the very first thing she did as part of the living the american dream is open up a bunch of credit cards right so every time we went to walmart and target and macy's they were like hey you can get 20 percent off today for just opening up all these credit cards and she was the perfect victim for these for these offers and and very quickly we got into this terrible cycle where we were living beyond our means constantly paying extremely high interest and this wasn't just limited to credit cards right eventually we we expanded um and what's interesting is that for me as an adult even though at that point i was super lucky i got a scholarship to go to NYU to study finance, out of all things. Um, but I still fell into the same exact pattern. As soon as I turned 18, I opened up a bunch of credit cards and started spending. And by the time I was 20, I already had $15,000 in credit card debt. Now, the reason why I fell into the same cycle is really because A, Personal finance is just not something that we talk about outside of the house. Um, so my friends were not t- talking to me about it. I had no idea how people, how other people are spending, or whether or not they had credit cards, or what kinds of credit cards they have. And B, really, it's it. If you think about personal finance, it's more behavioral than anything else. So even though at that, you know, I was at NYU we learning how to put together a very complex you know, DCF models and bond models and whatnot, I still didn't really know how to apply it to my own personal financial life. Um, and I just followed the same patterns I saw at home. And so I had, you know, struggled through that with what was like super surprising to me, right? As I was sort of figuring things out, and I, I actually realized that debt was not the best thing ever, and I wanted to, to get out, and I started like looking outside of my little bubble. I had learned that I wasn't alone, right? That 40% of American families struggle with credit card debt and revolve, but they don't, they don't pay their bill off in full. And not just that, but that problem starts really early because 30% of American college students have credit card debt. That means that we, before we're even adults, before we even start our lives, we're already dealing with this with this problem. Um and that's really what eventually inspired me to get into the space and, and start Debbie.
1: Yeah, and I mean, I think one of the things that strikes me about that, as you mentioned, this is actually something that's a really commonplace occurrence, right? And it's something which people don't talk about. And I think people in the financial technology industry in particular probably haven't had a lot of these experiences themselves. And so we tend to discount how commonplace this actually is. But there are huge numbers of people who struggle with this, and it can be a lifelong struggle. It's so easy to fall into this trap and so difficult to, to get out of it. Um, so you know I think the the next question I have for you, there's obviously a lot of tools that are designed to help people recover from this debt. but you know as you mentioned in your demo, it's not something that's been historically too effective. How do you think you know, debbie can succeed in this space where other companies have tried and not been successful?
0: Yeah, so you're exactly right. Kind of hit the nail on the head, right? You're looking at a space that the debt freedom space is not new. Um, And sometimes people hear debt freedom and they're just like, oh, we've heard this before, like this doesn't work. And you look at the last, you know, five to 10 years, there has been, you know, a a higher number of debt freedom startups and debt freedom companies or even traditional financial institutions trying to launch debt freedom products um, more, more than ever. But the problem hasn't been solved. And the reason for that is is that the industry is solving the wrong problem. What happens is that the people who are trying to solve this problem, like you said, majority of them have not been indebted. This is something that I experienced when I myself was working in the industry at Marcus by Goldman Sachs building consumer credit products. And what I learned was is that most folks there, because they hadn't experienced debt, they were looking at it as a math problem. They were trying to solve debt in Excel. So like, let's just put all your debts in here. Let's just try to get you out. But in reality, when you are someone who's been through it, and that's really where my angle came from, you understand this is not a math problem. This is a behavior problem, right? The way to solve this is not just to tell you, hey, we're going to build some automation tool that's going to pay off your debt in the best, fastest, cheapest way. The way to solve it is not to throw a whole bunch of cash at you and be like, hey, let's refinance at a lower rate. Those things are important. Those things are helpful. But if you want to help someone achieve long term debt freedom and really what we've been focused on, you need to solve the root cause you need to teach that person like how do you stop yourself from spending more than you earn how do you stop yourself from you know when you're at walmart and you're looking at the two tvs buy the smaller one buy the smaller pizza buy the right but just have that have that self-control and have better money habits so so yeah i think that that's kind of where we really have distinguished ourselves from the rest of the debt freedom offerings
1: no, I think that's spot on. You're right. It is a, it's a human problem more so than a math problem. And I think a lot of people in fintech come into this space because we're good at math, right? You're good at computers. It's very logical. This sort of you know, very uh, progressional type of, of thinking. But obviously, this, the real world is muddier. People and, and human beings are incredibly complex. How, can, you, can you give some examples of kind of how that experience has kind of changed the way that Debbie looks, like how, how you've been able to incorporate some of that human side of it into the platform itself?
0: Sure. So we 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 talked about this at the demo, and I think it really resonated. And we, we mentioned this a lot. We like to call ourselves the Noom for debt payoff. And for those who aren't familiar with Noom, it's one of the leading companies in the weight loss space. And the reason why we love comparing ourselves to the weight loss space and comparing ourselves to Noom specifically is because when you look at the experiences, the human experiences between weight loss and debt loss, the psychology of it is almost identical. There are very similar patterns there. Again, it's a very human behavior issue and it's things that usually form very early on in our childhood, right? A relationship with money, a relationship with food. Those are things that are very primal almost, right? You You form them without even noticing. You just see them at home and you absorb it. Um, and Newman, in particular, they had done something really interesting where they came into a space that was also super crowded at the time when they came in, there were so many, solutions already there was weight watchers and there was a million crash kale diets that offered you to have just this shake and you lose three thousand pounds in two days right and all, all these things they were the first ones that said no we're going to take completely opposite approach we're not going to put you we're not going to start counting your calories we're not going to tell you you know how why why like that a cookie is bad for you instead of that we're going to take the longer way but the way that's actually going to get you to win and we're going to teach you about yourself we're going to teach you about your habits we're going to walk through a behavioral psychology curriculum." Um, um, and so we really basically looked looked at their model and were inspired by that and created a very similar model for the debt freedom space, where our program really, instead of just telling asking people to learn about what's an APR, what is compound interest, those things are important and we like to weave it in, but we talk a lot more about Where do your spending habits come from? What have you seen at home that caused you to relate to money the way you do? Um, And then helping people also unwind those things, unwind the the bad habits, build better ones um, and use and and all of that. We really think with us, like we have like our unique rewards twist on top of it. And we realize that micro rewards, micro incentives are super, super powerful in helping people form better habits early on and stick to them. And once you can get them to do them for a couple of weeks, the likelihood of them sticking is so high. Um, and so that's really that's really like the, the insight that we've had and, and how we built our product.
1: No, I think it's spot on and the parallel between the fitness industry is, is actually it's, it's pretty easy to see right it's the same kind of thing you've got somebody who maybe knows they need a little bit of help but they struggle to understand how to make a substantive change in how they're doing you know how they're doing business how they're looking after their their personal health I mean I think if you look at the um, the stock price of Peloton is actually I think says a huge amount about Americans and their fitness habits if you go and look at the last couple of years there's this giant progression all the way up and now it's all the way back down it's yeah. back um, but Basically at zero again, because people, as much as they are interested in health, they they kind of have this almost fad based view of it, which is you know, I'm going to do something for the next six months. It's going to be great. But ultimately, if you can't get that to become a lifelong pattern, you're going to end up right where you started again. Those same basic behaviors are, are going to be there. So I think that's that's a really smart thing that you've been able to do. Um, and obviously it resonated well from the Finnovate stage. You know, I think the the proof is in the pudding, so to speak. You, uh, I shouldn't have said pudding after all this talk about healthcare and things like that yeah. as well. The pudding, proof is in pudding, the, the, the kale smoothie. Pudding. Yeah, the proof is in the yeah. low calorie kale pudding uh, that'll help you lose 3,000 pounds in two days. Um, but but the, the bankers that you were able to um, obviously resonate with, your message really struck them Um, Can you talk a little bit about what the reaction has been from the banking community since your time on stage in New York?
0: Yeah, so my co-founder was kind of making a joke that I thought was very relevant. She said that we kind of felt like the bells of the ball. Um, (laughs) It was a super fun time. I think we had we definitely had a lot of people at our booth um, before and even more after, after the demo. We got a lot of interest. I think people were very excited by the different offering and by the fact that we're solving a problem that is so relatable for so many people um and and something that's so it's so real it's so real it's so it's like it's a real just survival basic human need kind of problem so people get very excited about it Um, And then not just, you know, besides for the show itself, we actually got a lot of it kind of created this like ripple effect. And then we had a lot of people reach out to us afterwards, a lot of really, really great follow ups. Um, One of the main reasons why we came to Finnovate was to start getting our name out there in the financial services industry, which something that we hadn't done before because we were strictly direct to consumer until then. And so it was really exciting to see that the financial services industry received this really, really well. Um, they and and folks, you know, now now we're in conversations about different kinds of partnerships. Um, so yeah, that was no, it, was, it that- was definitely much better than we had ever expected.
1: No, and I think I, I could see sometimes a surprise in your face when I handed you the trophy at the end of the day. I could tell it wasn't something that you necessarily saw coming. Um, but what, when you talk to the banks, do you get the sense that they look at you um, as kind of the next fad, so to speak, or do you get the sense that they're really starting to understand that maybe the way that they've historically been looking at this area is is flawed and that you know, the, uh, do you, do you get a sense that they're open to the, the strategy that you guys are are trying to create?
0: Uh, I definitely think it's more of the latter because what we're saying is we're fundamentally changing the way banks think about financial wellness, the way they think about impacting the performance of their customers, members whoever those may be. Um, and they, I think they understand that what we're building is sort of like, it's futuristic in that way, right? We're building a very unique reward system, something that doesn't exist today. The only rewards that you see in credit is rewards for spending more on your credit card, <laughs> right? right. Um, and I think, and, and and actually one of the really great podcasts that I did as a follow-up um, from uh, from from Finnovate was for a risk magazine, which was very interesting. So they wanted to like to take a risk spin on it. And that was something that like the the woman who was interviewing me she talked a lot about how there are different new innovative ways of thinking about risk and how debbie fits into that category and that's something that's definitely like a long-term trend it's not something that we started um but it's something that we're definitely at the at the forefront of so i think you see the industry slowly moving there it's sort of like the next generation i think of financial wellness um that that's that's something that we we've been sort of Put, it, put into that category. So it's, it's kind of a combination of financial wellness and risk management. Those, those two disciplines almost merge together a little bit. Um, and so I really think that we're seeing more as like the next wave of innovation in fintech um, which is hopefully something that's long term. Fingers crossed.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, and hopefully a lot of the the bankers that you're talking to recognize that um, there is a, a different strategy that's needed here because I think you know this intersection between um, this risk and kind of consumer credit, consumer help is is not a a place that's historically been a very common breeding ground, right? This is these are kind of two sort of separate uh separate disciples inside um inside fintech, and so to see you you, you blending those together, I think is really positive. Um, last couple questions for you. You know, I think one thing that was really interesting to me, you guys are uh, still really early on in your company evolution. Um, and and I know we talked about this kind of in the run-up to the show briefly, talked about it on site, but what has the last couple of weeks been like for you all as you sort of have found yourself thrust into this spotlight? Did you feel like, you know, were were you ready for all that attention? Do you find yourself with a lot of, you know, kind of early stage company growing pains that you have to sort out? I'm just really curious to hear how things have been going.
0: Yeah, hundred percent. It's definitely one of those things where you just kind of get thrown in the water and then you have to swim. Um, yeah. Debbie, we just like our first birthday was a couple of weeks ago, like two weeks ago, maybe. So okay. we're very funny, like, And we only launched our beta program, like our actual consumer app in March. So we have been not been around very long. And we're also a group of very young founders. So we don't have like a ton of experience. We're very motivated. You know, it has its benefits and it also has certain things that make it a little more, you know, has its challenges. I'll say it like that. Um, so for example, like one of the things that we found ourselves all of a sudden scra- Rambling to learn was sales because before Finnovate, we had never done sales. We didn't know how this works. So we showed up at Finovate, a whole bunch of banks came to talk to us. I'm like, well, I guess now we need to figure out how do we do sales? How do we talk to them? What does what does the process look like? So literally yesterday I get on the phone with like one of our um investors, and I'm like, who has experience in sales? I'm like, give me a crash course. Like, tell me what I need to do. Um, so so it's kind of been, it's been fun though. I think definitely it that's part of the startup life. We were, I'll say, we thought we were ready for it, probably weren't as ready as we wanted to be, but we also kind of, you know, at this point, we, we know that we know the drill, we know how how it works. And so definitely the post-Finnovate, it's been kind of like fast tracking our our growth and fast tracking our learning, really. So it's been fun. Yeah.
1: No, I, I think that's great. I'm glad that there's people who can kind of give you some expertise there because certainly, you know, um it's the startup community, I think this is one of the things that it can do really well is provide resources to early stage companies and help, you know, companies get ideas off the ground like yourselves where there are going to be obviously holes. You you can't know everything as you start a company and so you need to be able to get that information from somewhere. Um, If there are people who are listening to this and kind of wondering how they might be able to get involved, either to help you out or just to learn more about how you approach uh, this this problem, what what would you say um, you're you're kind of looking for at the moment?
0: Sure. So as I mentioned, really, for us, it's about getting our name out there. We've done a really good job in the direct-to-consumer space, and we built our name for ourselves in the debt freedom community um, on Instagram, on TikTok, and Facebook. Um, and now we need to build a name for ourselves in the B2B community. Um, so if anybody listening to this knows any financial institution that might be interested in something like this that might have aligned values and a and, and, and mission alignment with us, I would love to connect. um and and yeah, I think that we're gonna we're gonna keep riding this awesome wave.
1: No, and I, I hope it goes uh, as far as you want it to take you, because it's it's a really interesting product. Again, as I mentioned at the top of the episode, anybody who's interested should absolutely watch their seven-minute demo, um, get a sense of exactly how the product looks, um, and hear them as they, they pitch it. It's a really compelling demo, obviously, as you can tell from the fact that they won Best of Show. So um, I'm afraid we'll have to leave it there. But Frida, thank you so much for taking the time to chat with me, and congratulations again on your success. Thank you, Greg.